gosh, I'm just so excited this morning. It's such, such a wonderful spirit here this morning. If you would, please bow your heads with me and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, I stand before you, Lord, humbled and awed by the feel of your spirit, God. God, I'm thankful forever, forever grateful, Lord, that you chose us. God, that you created us individually. Lord, that you know us. That you want the better for us. That you want to see us prosper. That you want to see us succeed. Lord, and that you want to spend eternity with us. Lord, I am thankful. Lord, I pray this morning, God, that you would be with everything that is sung and said, the handshakes extended, the laughter shared, God, that it would all glorify and point towards your kingdom. God, keep us safe this morning. God, be with the services around this world. God, that we might unite in the Spirit, give honor and praise and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week I talked about uh, showing the world some love. And every time I thought about that, all I could think about was the song, you know, What the world needs now is love. Yeah, see? And it always runs through my mind, but it's so true. What the world needs now is love, and God is love. And the world needs it now more than ever. And the church body, under the head of Jesus Christ, is the first line of defense in saving those that are lost. Because we are in the know. Because we know the truth, we can share the truth. And we should be training in the presence of God. There's a bunch of different scriptures that talk about not falling in love with this world or the things of this world or not transforming or conforming to this world. To be in it and not of it. See, this world is the temporary home that we're passing through until we receive our mansion in glory one day. Beyond the crystal seas, as the song said, because why? We have victory in Jesus. Because God sent his son to die for us, and I am forever grateful. One thing I wanted to talk about this morning, though, is I'm kind of compounding on what was last weekend, and God keeps showing me things um, about how to help heal this world and this land. And it starts right here. When they talk about when people enter the gate and are rejected and cast into outer darkness, that always sends, sends a grieving upon me, and I can't imagine what it would be like to, to get there and think I'm going and I'm not. Um, but what he says is, I'm going to tell you what he didn't say first. He didn't say you didn't do enough good works. He didn't say you didn't help enough people. He didn't say you didn't pray enough. He said, depart from me, I never knew you. See, you can do all the good things in this world, and there's tons of good people in this world, but they're going to come up short on the day. They're going to come up short on the judgment. And that's where we can step in to tell these people, 
you're a great person. But I want you to go to heaven. I don't want you to just be a great person and help tons of people. I want you to have everlasting life with the Father. It's about the relationship with a Savior. It's not about all the good things we do. I've seen the first real good breakdown um, this week when I was watching YouTube and listening to some pastors. And it says, faith equals salvation equals fruits. What it means is, is faith plus fruits does not equal salvation. Faith equals salvation. You have to believe that Jesus came and he died and was buried and was resurrected and that you're not good enough to get there on your own and you need his saving. And then he sits on the right hand of the Father. But the product of your faith in Christ should produce fruit. James talks about how he can show his faith by his works. Because he's saying, my faith in a Savior is going to have me do certain things. Because I listen to my Father in heaven. I do the will of my Father. I do the things that he asked me to do. And if he asked me to sit there with my mouth shut, that's what I'm going to do. If he asked me to go out and talk to a thousand people... That's what I'm going to do. If he asks me to stop alongside the road and help a person change a flat tire, that's what I'm going to do. It doesn't matter how little or how big. But faith equals salvation equals fruits. I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 today. And last week I talked about loving on people and helping people. And that's great stuff and we need to do that but you have to be careful you have to be careful because even the most mighty get weary even the most mighty get weary see God is our salvation he is our safe place he's a place that we can go to build strength when Jesus walked this earth he gave us an example not only by the things that he said but by what he did. My main scripture is going to be in 2 Corinthians, but I am going to flip back for a little bit. Because I want you to get the example that Jesus left for us. In Matthew 14, after he had fed the 5,000, in verse 22, it says, In straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him into the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. In Mark 1, 35, he had just got done casting out evil spirits. It says, In the morning rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, 
that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. In Luke chapter 5, he had just cleansed the leopard. In verse 16 it says, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. In Luke chapter 6, before choosing the twelve, it says, And he came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer in God. And when it was day, he called unto him, his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. See, Jesus went out and he'd done all these things and said he'd, there's not a book big enough in this world. The world cannot hold all the good things that Jesus did. So it only tells in part, but in part we know that when Jesus done things like this, he would get himself alone and have a sincere intimate relationship with the Father. He would do miraculous things and heal people and save people. And then He would pull Himself back and He would go into the presence of the Father. See, it's great to go out and it's great to talk and it's great to save and it's great to lead people to Christ and it's great to talk about joy and it's great to talk about mercy, but even the strongest become weak It's all about a relationship with the Father. You have to gain strength from Him because your strength alone is not enough. We all fall short of the glory of God. So when we're going out to a world that is corrupted, damaged, and darkened, after a while, guess what? That world is going to pull the broke, damaged, and darkened part out of you. You have to repair. You have to heal. You have to get refilled with the Spirit. You have to stay in God's presence so that you can help a failing and dying world. See, when we extend ourselves and we stand up and proclaim the name of Christ, Satan sees us and Satan hears us and he starts attacking us. Look what happened last week to everything that we'd done here last week was intercepted by Satan, and he abolished everything. We couldn't produce videos. We couldn't produce sound. But when you start doing the work of the Lord, Satan is going to try to expose your weaknesses. But guess what? We are hid in the saving grace of God through Jesus Christ. Our weaknesses are made strong. We find comfort there. We find peace. The first time I ever preached twice in one day, I'll be honest with you, when I got home, I was exhausted. Because you take the word and the spirit that God gives you and you pour it out on everybody else around you. This should not just be me. This should be everybody in their everyday lives because God didn't bless you to bottle it up. He wants it to be a river of life that flows through you into other people. God blesses you so that you can bless others. It's not a stationary thing. We talked about the pond dam here a couple weeks ago and how the flowing water should flow through you so that we can reach a lost and dying world. Because there are people on that day, he says they're going to be gnashing, gnawing at the teeth. It's going to be a terrible 
day when people are cast into the hell. Because he says, through my gate, few will enter. Few. I don't know what everybody's idea of few is, but when I'm talking about a world of seven billion people, or however much, seven and a half, few is not a lot. So when we're talking about reaching a lost world, we have to take the examples of what Christ gave us when he walked and when he healed and when he cast out demons and when he performed miracles. He did those things and then he went and he sought the Father. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says, We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What does he mean by that? What does he mean by today is the day of salvation? Man, I've heard a lot of pastors say that. I heard it a lot growing up that today is the day of salvation. My salvation awaited me. And it awaits each and every one of you that have not received it yet. Why? Because it's given freely by a Father of Heaven that loves you. Because He wants to see you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to spend eternity with you. And if you haven't made that choice, you might have no choice to make tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. If if God has been pulling on your heartstrings, if God has been telling you to do something, today is the day, and I don't believe it's only the day of salvation, but I believe that if God has been advising you to do something or encouraging you to do something, today is the day that you step out of the boat and you walk on water. Today is the day. Because we might not have tomorrow. The person that you're supposed to go talk to might not have tomorrow. The person that you're supposed to go visit with might not have received or known the truth of God, and they might not have tomorrow. So put on the full armor of God and go do the things that God has called you into because today is the day of salvation. It might not be your salvation. It may be somebody else's salvation. See, we get so self-centered in our minds thinking about our walk with the Lord and how it can benefit me and how it can benefit my life and how it can benefit my family, but not everything's about me. I sold beer for a long time. And towards the end of it, as I walked closer to the Lord, I started asking Him, why do you have me here? I don't fit in this realm anymore. What am I still doing here? I was preaching down in Arkansas. But that didn't dampen my witness for the Lord. I was known as on my routes as a traveling beer preacher. 
Because if somebody wanted to take time to talk to me about the Lord, or if somebody had time, I was going to tell them about God. See, you can't let the things around you dampen your spirit and dampen what you're called to do. But my main point of this story is, is I was doubting God's plan in my life. Why am I here? I've outgrown this, Lord. I don't fit here anymore. Finally, one night, I had the realization that it's not about what I think. And all right, Lord, you've got me here. Let's go to work. Let's go to work. And I prayed that God would show me people. And I pray that God would use me to tell people, and did he ever? I talked to people behind liquor counters. I talked to people in beer caves. I've even had a couple people set boxes back and decide that that's what they wasn't going to do today. I don't know. They may have went back tomorrow. doesn't matter. They chose God today. But as I was in that situation, I thought it was what I had to offer to other people. And it partly was, I'm sure, because there was a lot of things said and a lot of things done in a lot of places that Christ, normally Christ's people don't go. Let me put it that way. Christ is everywhere. But it wasn't until a day I met a brother in Christ that changed my walk with the Lord. And from that day forward, we were knitted together like Daniel and Jonathan, I felt like. David, sorry. Um, But the relationship was golden from day one. There was no doubt in my mind that that relationship was appointed by the Lord. And had I not been in the spot that I was, I would have never met him. And he ministered to me, and he helped my walk, and he helped me grow in the Lord, and he helped me become who I am today by the grace of God. And all of a sudden I realized that, hey, I may have not been God's pride and joy this whole thing, trying to save the world, but I may have been in that situation and in that job so that God could save me through somebody else. See, the tables kind of turned, and he helped me through another situation that shows us that it's not all about me. Me and my boss were not getting along very well, and we were really butting heads. And I was furious. And I had been praying for weeks that God would help me out of this situation, that God would change my heart, that God would do something for me. And I was talking to him about it one day because I was angry. And he said, take a step back. Have you ever prayed for him? I'm like, oh, man. No. I haven't. So right there in the back of Walmart, we prayed together and we prayed that my boss would be released from the evil spirits that were holding him back from being good. And I'll tell you, within 10 minutes, 10 minutes I received a phone call and my boss apologized to me. Amen? It's not all about me sometimes. It's not all about me sometimes. So when you want to go out and do good, When you think, all right, I'm here. I'm here for the betterment of everybody else around me because I'm kind of at that pinnacle. I'm on my game. I'm feeling the spirit of the Lord. Just be open-minded to think about that somebody might have an influence on your life when you walk in that door. 
There was a little girl this morning that had an influence on my life when I walked through the door of this church this morning because I came prepared to pour out the word of God on everybody else here, but God showed me something. It's not all about me. And the simple joys in life come freely from a father that loves you. And the gifts of love and happiness come freely from a father that wants you to have an abundance of them. Chapter 6, verse 3. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. That's a whole nother sermon in itself. That verse right there. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. He said many people will come forth proclaiming the name of God, but they are wolves that come in sheep's clothing. So we have to be careful. That's for another day. But in all things, approving ourselves, he's not talking about pastors here. He's not talking about ministers here. He's talking about children of God that have called on my son, all of us that have accepted Christ as Savior, not just a select few, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. Whoo! That's a lot of hard. That's a lot of hardship. I'm not going to lie to you. What did Paul say? Though I loved it. Paul said, "Count it all joy. I'm doing the work of the Father. I'm right in the center of God's." Will, count it joy. I'm here because I'm doing what God wanted me to do. You're here today, I believe, because God appointed a time for you to be here today. Don't be mad because you're here and you're missing out on some show on TV. Be happy that you got to experience the presence of God while we were singing praises this morning. Amen? The presence of God is everywhere if you're looking for it. Yesterday, my wife was raking hay and I was bailing and it was hot. And we were cruising along and I was, I was making rounds and she was making rounds. I couldn't help but look and thank God for what a life that he has given me and what a wife he has given me and what parents he has given me. Count it all joy that I've got work to do. Count it all joy that I'm physically able to do the work that he's handed to me. Yeah, it gets old sometimes, and it gets hard sometimes. Just like in this, in stripes, and imprisonments, tumors, labors, watchings, fastings. Who all's ever fasted? Fasting's not easy. Fasting is not easy, and I'll tell you this, he didn't say if you fasted, he said when you fasted. If you haven't fasted, read about it, ask questions about it, research it out of God's word, and desire relationship with the Lord. It is good. It is good. I've got a testimony about fasting if anybody is interested. Anyway. But these things, when we head out into a world that's going to hate you, I just want you aware of what you're going to encounter when you head out there. Sometimes you will be freely and openly accepted and they'll say, yeah, it's great. I'm saved. I'm glad what you're doing. And you talk for hours about Christ. Those are good times. Why do you get those? Because you need fuel for the next one. 
because the next one may scorn you. The next one may shut the door in your face. The next one may call you all sorts of things that you've never even heard before. But don't get discouraged because you're going to go through those things if you're doing what God has asked you to do. Because it builds stamina, it builds strength, it builds faith. See, Peter didn't just wake up one morning and decide, man, that day when Jesus is going to call me to walk out on the water, I'm going to do that. No problems. It was a progression of faith in his building, his relationship. He walked 24-7 with Christ. He built up to those things. God can call you to do anything and everything at, at the spur of the moment, and if he does and you obey, he's going to give you the tools and equip you to do it. But I don't know about you, but my life has been a slow progression to where I stand today in my walk of faith. Because the more you say no, the easier it is to say no. The more you say yes, the easier it is to say yes. Because the bad things that happen, all these things that come at you that you get hit or punched or or cast into jail, these things won't matter as much because why? Because you knew that you were doing what God asked you to do and there's no better reward than that. But we're going to go through it. That's why I'm telling you, we've got to follow the example of Jesus. He went out and he done these things. And he healed people. And he talked to people and he done these things. But he went and he sought the Father solely and alone. To build that intimate relationship. Group prayer is important. Unity of the church is important. But if your church is fully unified, they will fill your prayers when you're in solitude. We have to seek the Father on our own accord. In verse 6, it switches to the other one. It says, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, and by love unfined, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers are yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. You are not straightened in us, but you are straightened in your own bowels. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, be you also enlarged. Can you imagine a day? Can you imagine a day when you wake up I don't know what your morning routine is. We don't really watch TV, but you wake up, you get that coffee, you flip on the TV, and there's no news. Because there's nothing to report. God has come in, and he's healed this land. Now, there's still going to be bad things, but the overall feel is that it's going to be in God's presence that God is going to be leading us, that God has turned our land into land of milk and honey, that our desires would be aimed 
towards God, and that would be the majority of people. I desire a day like that. I desire a day because you know what that means? That the children of God fell on their knees before the Lord and they humbled themselves and they prayed and they turned from their wicked ways and God followed through with His promise and He healed their land. But it takes the children of God doing what they're supposed to be doing for that to happen. So when I call on unity of the church, I'm talking about the church is only as strong as its weakest point. So I'm hinging on you, Julie. Nancy, Annette, Anita, I'm hinging on you to be in prayer for this church. To be in prayer for me and I in prayer for you. Because in the unity of the Spirit, we will succeed over the wiles of the devil. Because we can cast out the strongholds. We can throw them down. Because we can unify together in the Spirit and gather and say Satan has no part today and here. Satan has no part in this service through the power of God. He stays outside and does not enter. See, it's us individually. It's where I'm saying you have to seek the refuge of God to rest, to be built back up. A lot of times we seek refuge in other things. See, a lot of times, and me and Misty have talked about it before, have a rough day. You just kind of want to come home and you want to be brain dead for a little bit. That's what we call it. You just want to flip on the TV, watch a show that doesn't mean anything, and just go brain dead just for a little bit. Just shut off the outside, shut off the inside, not talk, not think. Just be dumb for a little bit. But see, in those times, we're seeking something that only God can truly provide. We're seeking rest. Yeah, you can go home at night and you can go to bed at 9 o'clock and sleep till 9 o'clock. But that's sleeping, that's not rest. See, true rest comes from God and God alone. So if you ever have those moments where you just want to get away from it all, where you just want to shut off your mind, where you just want to play dumb for a little bit, I encourage you to go. Do it in the presence of the Lord. And if you don't feel like talking, then you just listen. Just say, God, I am here before you just to be in your presence because I believe that you can fulfill whatever needs that I have that need to be fulfilled. I believe that you're going to give me the strength that I need to move on. I believe that you have forgiven me of my sins and that takes the weight off me. I don't have to carry these burdens because you are. God, I need rest and here I am. I fall before you. See, a lot of times in my prayer life, I want to do all the talking. I've got a lot to say. <laughs> most pastors do, right? That's why we're here until after noon most days. Got a lot to say. But I've found that if I listen as much as I talk, he's got the knowledge, he's got the wisdom. He's got the strength, and I'm just a result thereof. <laughs> I was listening to a guy who said, he's, how do you know if a person's been swimming? They're going to be wet, right? If we're in the water, 
to have an effect on that person, they have to get in it. Same with the light. If I go in this room back here and I shut off all the lights, it's going to be completely dark. And I'm going to be dark. The only way to reflect light is to get in it. So I'm telling you today that as Jesus sought the presence of God as he walked this this world, so should we. Because you can't get wet without getting in the water. You can't reflect light unless you're in light. You can't be a reflection of God if you're not getting in his presence. So as we combat this dark and darkening world with life and life abundant, we have to be in the presence of God because it's not our reflection that people want to see. I mean, my gosh, could you imagine if you woke up every morning and you had to look at this? This is a good woman. But just like in that song, when I, when people enter this building, I want them seeking one thing, and that's God. I don't want them to come here to listen to me. I want them to come here to be touched by God. You know, I, growing up, I went to churches here and there, and as a kid, you're like, Dang, that person can't sing. wonder why they're up there. Dang. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, that's such a beautiful melody that they're singing praises to God the Father above. I don't care what your voice sounds like. I sound terrible. But I love to sing praises to God. My family sings it all the time. We get on repeat sometimes at the house, and we'll burn out a song quick. But it's awesome to hear a family walking through the house to Listen to your kids walk out of their bedroom singing praises to God. Get in the presence. Be a reflection, but just know the darkness that you're harboring is not a reflection of light. It's a reflection of darkness. These bits and pieces that we harbor inside, this is the walk I'm talking about as we pick them apart, as we ask God to shine on them. Because as long as you're harboring darkness, there's no room for light. You have to speak it. You have to get the darkness out of you. You have to want rid of it. Enter the presence of God often. See, I think that's part of the problem that we run into because you see people go out with great intentions. They got a great word of God and they go out and they start talking to people, and they're leading people to God, and and they're seeing lives and minds changed and transforming, and somewhere along the way, they're not even walking on the path that God's laid before them before. They start out with great intentions, but somewhere along the way, they lost the presence of God. And we know by God's word that it's not Him that moves, it's us that veers off the path. See, as brothers and sisters in Christ, if I've got Annika that's sitting in the presence of God, she can say, hey, brother, man, I've noticed some things lately, and I come to you out of humbleness, and I come to you out of adoration because I want to see your soul saved, and I want you to walk the right path, and I only say this because I love you as a brother in Christ. I want to help you. 
And don't fool yourself. The person hearing those words can hear those words if they come for your heart or if they're just trying to point out your flaws. And I want you to know that there's a big difference. And the world today says that we come at them just to point out their flaws. And I'm going to say that they're about 80% right. Because the world knows what we stand against, but do they know what we stand for? We'll tell them all day, we're against this and we're against that and we don't like this and I don't do that. But do you tell them that God is love and I love you in all your shortcomings and I love you in all of your sin and I know you've messed up, but ultimately I want you to see God and I want you to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. That's why I'm here talking to you, not to tell you what you've done wrong, but to tell you what to walk towards because I'm here to build you up. And I'm here for you to build me up. And I want us to grow together. By the grace of God, we can grow together. And growing is painful. Remember, jump back up to verse 4. Growing is painful. Tate went through a slump here, batting just a little bit ago. Four seasons started, man. I could pitch him and he'd hit 15, 17 out of 20 pitches every time and we hit hundreds and hundreds of balls. He was pretty confident. First swing at a pitch in a game. His eyes lit up like, oh no. At that juncture, he was his own worst enemy. At that juncture, he was his own worst enemy. And we went days swinging at balls and swinging at balls and we're swinging at balls and we pitched buckets and buckets and buckets of baseballs. And then one day, it just flipped. All of a sudden, we're back to 15, 17 out of 20. We're hitting balls like it's going out of out of style, first game, gets up, first pitch, whack. Next at bat, gets up, first pitch, whack. It's like nothing ever happened, but he went through a down season. He went through a hard time, but he didn't quit. He dug in, and we pitched hundreds and hundreds of pitches to try to find his swing again, to try to find that connect. So if you get on your knees and you don't feel the connect, you get on your knees again, and you get on your knees again, and you bow on your face again, and you get flat out on the floor again, because the presence of God is so important that He sent His Son to die so we could have it. That's how important it is. The Son found the Father when He needed it. We're sons and daughters of God. We are all Sons and daughters, first generation, God's children. We're not any more disconnected than the other. My children can be just as close as I can. My grandparents were just as close as I am. Misty can be just as close because of what God did, not what I did. Seek the presence of God in everything, and you can find it everywhere. If you're having a bad day, just stop and look at the sky. The sky is abundance of God's creation most of the time. Or all the time, I should say. Look around you, you'll see people laughing, you'll see 
people smiling. You'll see birds flying. You'll see ants crawling. The presence of God is all around you. Go out, do the work. Come back into the presence of God. Go out, do the work. Come back into the presence of God. That's why we meet two, three times a week because the world beats you down. The world tears you down, tells you you're not good enough. And guess what? You're not. But by the grace of God, you are. And that's why we come back here to sing praises to the one that made us perfectly whole and righteous. That's why we come together to remind each other, to build each other up, because that's what we need to face a world that hates us and condones us. If Jesus sought the presence of God alone, I think that's a perfect example of what we should do. Turn off the TV. Put down the phone. Seek the presence of God and you'll find it. He said, if you seek me, you will find me. He's gave us direct access. We're the weak link. The news is going to tell you how bad it is out there. God is going to tell you how good it could be. I don't know about you guys, but I don't need any more negativity in my life than what the world gives me in an eight-hour workday. And then sometimes at the ballpark at night, I don't, need, I don't need to go home and see more negativity. I need to go home and get in the presence of God that He can lift me up and build me and pull me out of my own drudgery. I've got a wife that helps pull me out of my funk sometimes. I've got kids that lift me out of my funk. Why? Because we're unified in the Spirit of God. We're a family there for helping one another. And I'm telling you today that the relationship with the Savior is the most important part. Because when you get there and you hear Him say, Depart from me. I never knew you. It wasn't because you didn't do enough. It wasn't because you weren't nice enough. It wasn't because you weren't kind enough. It's because you never knew Him. Know Him. Know your Savior. Tell people to know Him. I have people tell me all the time, and I've had people tell me in the past, well, I try to be a good person. I'm like, yeah, me too. That doesn't do anything for me. It does nothing. I mean, the world's perception might say I'm a good person. What does it matter? If I get there, Jesus tells me I never knew you. It doesn't matter. So I ask you today, how often do you seek your relationship with God alone? Seek God. Seek God. When the world gets hard, seek God. If you don't want to think about anything, Seek God. If you feel beat down, seek God. If your mind is negative, seek God. If it's raining, seek God. If you're joyous, seek God. If you've been filled with tons of blessings, seek God. It's for the good and the bad. God is all in all, through all, and in all. God is our all in all. Seek Him in everything we do, the good and the bad. Please stand today. See, God hit me with it in the, in the last little bit in the first part of this week. He said, yeah, you told them. 
You told them what I told you to do. You told them to go out and love on people. But you didn't tell them what to do whenever they start getting beat down. You didn't tell them how to recoup. You didn't tell them how to go through therapy. You didn't tell them how to get back on track when they get beat, beat down and people spit in their face and, and people tell them that they're lying and tell them they only are out here to tell me what not to do. You didn't tell them how to recoup and you've got to recoup in a relationship with God. That's the only recoup there is. That's where your life comes from. Without God, you don't have life. Without God, you don't have love. So I'm asking you today, do you have a relationship with God the Father and His Son, your Savior, Jesus Christ? This will be the most important decision that you ever make in your life. And it says today is the day. Today is the day. If God's been putting something on your heart to go do something, pray right now that He would give you the strength to go do it this afternoon. Pray right now that He would put a situation in front of you that you could help lead somebody to Christ if that's what He's been calling you to do. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, today is the day. You might not get to think about it tonight. You might not get to think about it tomorrow. A personal relationship with God is the most important relationship you will ever have. I was doing a men's study one time and the pastor said that a man's wife is a reflection of his relationship with the Lord. So I'm going to dime you out, men. What does your wife look like? Do you have a good relationship with her? Because if there's a disconnect, I'll bet there's a disconnect somewhere else. Women, same thing. You have to desire the Lord first. Desire the Lord first. Get that alone, intimate time with Him. If you need to, come pray today. The altars are open. Seek that relationship. Establish that bond. The altars are open.